0: throughout my journey, the kind of highs and lows of various things that I've experienced has really led me to understand that actually for our businesses to be running at their optimal levels, we need to be running as people, as CEOs, at our optimal levels. And that really is about looking after our energy. It's about looking after our bodies and our minds in the
1: best way for us. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello, everybody. Today, I have a very special guest, Sarah Cook, and you are in for a treat. Sarah's CEO and founder of The Healthy Business and the Health Business podcast, which is where I came across that. And we really just gelled straight away. Um, we're not far from each other here in the UK either, and we're quite similar in Outlook, although our journeys are very different. So I'm really thrilled to have her on the show. And let me introduce you to her properly. And this is where, Sarah, you have to sit feeling in the spotlight while I say lovely things about you. Sarah is a marketing and business mentor, so we're very much in the same space, but she works particularly with ambitious, passionate female entrepreneurs. And she specializes in providing clarity and strategy to build a high-performance business model that increases financial sustainability and profits without burnout. So that very much ties in with what we're all about here on the Leverage Business podcast. And Sarah has lived and worked across the world as Hawaii, and she's also worked in large-scale multinational corporate environments and is an award-winning entrepreneur. So she's really set the, the benchmark here. She's set up three successful businesses, she's experienced the pitfalls and learned how to achieve business and financial goals without compromising your health. And I think that's so important. I think that's what we're all struggling to do is that balance. So Sarah, welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast. I'm really happy we finally got together to do this interview and very excited to see where our conversation takes us. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted that I'm here today. You're
0: right, it's uh, been a long time coming, I think, hasn't it, for us to be able to find some time and have a, a proper conversation during the podcast.
1: It is and it It felt like a meeting of minds when we chatted before and I was just so excited because I mean you've really run the gamut haven't you of business models seeking that whole work life family sanity thing that balance that we're all looking for And and I've certainly done a few episodes now on avoiding burnout and life balance but I know you've got so much to offer here to that discussion so I kind of picked up you've sort of shifted your career from corporate brand and sales specialist. I might have this horribly wrong, so you can correct me in a moment. To retraining as a holistic health therapist, building and selling a successful product business, and now a health business coach. And you've been on the road really finding what you call a multi-tiered business model. So I'd like to understand that a little bit more. And it fits in really with the various demands on your time and energy, which is you know what we all have to juggle. So your focus um let me see if I have got this right, is on taking care of your mind and body and how that translates into the workplace. Tell me a little bit about that sort of hypothesis, that set of principles.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean... Yeah, as you said, that kind of pretty much sums up my background. And I think throughout my journey, the kind of highs and lows of various things that I've experienced has really led me to understand that actually for our businesses to be running at their optimal levels, we need to be running as people, as CEOs at our optimal levels. And that really is about looking after our energy. It's about looking after our bodies and our minds in the best way for us and recognizing that we're all different and we all need different things. But actually... When we take that time to look after ourselves, suddenly our business kind of really accelerates, that we get the results coming in. I see so many business owners, especially if they're solo business owners, that are working all the hours, that are feeling overwhelmed, that are probably juggling all sorts of things in their families. And that idea of the flexibility and the, probably the reason that they went into running their own business in the first place is seems such a mile off. Um, and quite often, especially as us women, and we tend to prioritise everybody else. And that means our self-care goes to the bottom of the list. And I would really encourage people and that people listening to this and actually seeing if you can flip that and recognising that when we are... At our most productive, we become really effective, we become really efficient. And that all comes from looking after ourselves. So we're nourishing ourselves in the right way, whether that's through exercise, whether that's through what we're eating, whether that's through the people that we're spending time with. It's really about that awareness, getting really clear on what it is that helps you perform at your best levels, because then you can plow all of that into your business. And that's when you're going to have the best results and see success within your business
1: awesome I mean, you've got that so lined up really you know hitting all the all the points and making it happen and um, I, I think we need a sort of a, a step-by-step how do you kind of get going on all of that it sounds wonderful of course but I think what people struggle with as well is you know how do I make a start on that when everything feels so kind of jumbled and up in the air and I'm discombobulated seems to be a word that people are using a lot these days let me just take a little step back because we're going to dive into all of that it's going to be great all the experience and searching that you've done it feels when we had our conversation that you've really found your calling now would you say you know what's very striking is your ability to hone in on what you really want and make changes fast both in your business and in your self-care kind of regime if you like how, how did you, is that just a natural thing or is it something that you've learned? You know, did you kind of get started in, in, in sort of working all of this out?
0: Oh, what a great question. Um, it definitely has been a bit of a, a journey. And I think if I kind of rewind back to almost a childhood, actually, where I grew up in a male dominated environment, it was very, very competitive and I was the only girl for a well with my sibling and um, my cousins who I kind of grew up with in a very close environment and that then created this environment of okay well if I'm going to be equal to them if I'm going to be there were five of us um, one brother and, and three male cousins and actually what happened is that there was always four player games and I was always the one left on the side being the girl thinking that I wasn't good enough all that kind of stuff and it just set off that process of <laughs> Women are left on the side. Women have to work harder to kind of compete with the boys.
1: I haven't actually thought about the fact that I have one brother and two male cousins as well. So we have that in common. I thought that was quite funny. Maybe that's where some of my drive comes from. So you find the things that are important to you. You find the drive that, that gets you towards them.
0: And sport was always my outlet, both from me kind of enjoying it, but also... I performed really well and I ended up playing lacrosse for England for five years. And that for me was a kind of real test in actually, if I put the work in, if I do something that I enjoy, then I can perform at a really high level. And so probably at quite a young age, I had that sort of mindset within me that, you know, if I put the time and effort onto doing something that I loved, that I wanted to achieve, there was always a way to do it. And you know, I learned a lot about what could take me to that next level. And I think that's where my sort of healthy habits were really kind of cemented that if I trained more, if I looked after my body and ate the right foods and nourished myself, if I had that mindset that it was about me taking action and making changes, then I could actually achieve all of those things. Five years into that um, of playing for England, I had a really serious injury, which quite often happens with sport. And very lucky if you don't have injury. But again, that was a massive test in mindset. And at the age of 21, that, that's quite a young age, really, to kind of have this um, totally. this awareness, I suppose. But that injury meant that I had to learn to walk again. It meant that I couldn't play sport for a year. Oh my and that was, yeah, it was a really big test because having just left university, just started my kind of corporate career, I was then forced to not have my outlet, which was sport. Yeah. And that was really hard. And I think the, I I remember sort of sitting on the sofa and just thinking, oh gosh, I'm literally stuck here. What am I going to do? I can't, you know, I couldn't go out, as just started as a sales rep at a global company. So I couldn't even drive, I couldn't start that job properly. Um, Didn't have my sort of outlet of sport. And I think that was really, I remember one day just literally sitting on that sofa kind of going, it's me that can change this. You know, if I train or I do more of those physio exercises that I've been given to do, if I use this time to plan the most efficient, most effective route so that I can see all my sales clients, then actually when I am able to do some things and I can get stronger and, you know, start being able to move and walk in the ways that I wanted to, then I can actually be in control of that. I can take action to see those results that I want to. And yes, it was a long process. Yes, I had all those tears and tantrums and things that we do when it's frustrating. But when I came to that point of being able to you know, start walking again, start training again, start running again, and from my job perspective, I actually went straight into going back into that job, hitting all my sales targets, winning sales rep of the year, and at a really young age with people who had been in the role for a really long time and it really got me thinking about all of those times where we have that sofa or that metaphor of a sofa where we're just sitting there we're waiting for things to happen to us that actually we're the ones that are in control and as business owners as well as that kind of journey's progressed we're the ones that can take action if we sit waiting for opportunities they don't necessarily land on our lap that's when the luck comes in but actually we can create our own luck we can create moments and experiences and actually the results that we want to by taking action and I think I wanted to touch on what you said that actually it doesn't need to be big changes it's all about that small compound effect mm-hmm. you know for me going from not being able to walk to being able to run and do all the things that I'm doing now that didn't happen overnight it was all those little small tweaks the you know mindset piece yes of course but actually taking action that's that's always what it comes down to
1: I mean what a story wow (laughs) it's like how do I dig into that I I think the thing that's just struck me about what you're saying is I mean it's the same with with marketing say with business say with self-care it's that it's taking that consistent action every single day and that requires you know a real resilience a real determination persistence and discipline and I think that's something that sometimes you know i mean we all struggle with with discipline it's like the short-term effort that inertia sometimes especially when you're feeling the world's against you and i think it is that that rises up really isn't it i remember writing about something um in this i can't remember which article it was in a blog article and it was from the matrix and i don't know whether it's one two or three but the guy was like they were fighting 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 i don't know if you know the the scene and he says, why do you keep getting up? Why do you keep getting up? And, you know, why do you persist? And he said, because I choose to. And I, it was so powerful. That really struck me. And everything in what you've just described is very much about not just the action, but the choices that you make, you know, whether it's an apple a day kind of things, or whether it's going through tough times in business. Um, and that's just what strikes me as you made it happen for yourself time and again. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And I think it's, um, you know, kind of, well, we got to a point, so my husband and I, we were still quite young when we got married and we were both living in London, both working in the corporate rat race for some brilliant global companies. And we kind of had this sort of realisation of, is this it? And I think, you know, both of us are quite driven and that probably comes through from what I've been saying, but We started questioning, you know, at the age of, I think we were sort of 25, 26 at that point. Is this it? Is this really what the rest of our life is going to look like? Kind of on the corporate career, rat race in London, we then buy a house, have kids and it continues in this cycle. And I guess I had this or still do have this inner thing within me of actually I want more than that. And we made the decision to move the other side of the world. So quite a drastic decision. We, that wasn't the original plan. It was more about going traveling and exploring and <laughs> seeing different. And then he got offered this opportunity to live and work in Asia, in Singapore. And that just ticked all our boxes. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to that. Because we were open to that, because we were looking for some change, that came into our plate you know, and it became an option So we relocated. We didn't know anyone over in Singapore. We relocated um, for what was supposed to be a year. I moved jobs and started working for a different global company out there. And one year turned into seven years, um, which is amazing. And I think it was, again, just being open to taking risks, being open minded to change Um, And not seeing change as as a scary thing. And actually, that is where growth comes from. And and kind of reflecting back from that from a business perspective. But going back to your question and kind of asking me where that business models kind of come from. And my role in Singapore was regional marketing manager for um, a big global company where I was traveling around the region, hopping across to Australia Um, running some huge events and big sponsorships. You know, I was doing collaborations with Audi, the Singapore Grand Prix, um, some really big fashion designers. And at one point, I think the height of the the travel was seven events in seven cities and six countries across a week. And I just remember thinking, again, is this it? Is this what, you know, I loved the job. It was Really fulfilling from being able to, you know, see those marketing campaigns, you know, big multi-million campaigns. And I got to this point of kind of going, actually, I feel like I'm hitting burnout. Like I just feel like Mm -hmm. I'm being compromised as my energy was low, I didn't feel like me. And then I found out that I was pregnant. And that completely changed my priorities because I was like, actually, it's not just me I've got to look after. Mm. There's this little thing that I'm growing inside me that is that needs me to be looking after myself. Um, and being an expat in, in Singapore, we only had two months maternity leave at that point. I think it's changed now to slightly longer. But without having family and friends kind of out near me, going back into that corporate space wasn't really an option unless I put him into full-time childcare. But six to eight weeks after giving birth, which was the most horrific birth, and he nearly died. And again, that was another kind of catalyst for me really assessing priorities of kind of going, what is important? And how do I want to run my life? And yes, I want to do a job that, you know, I enjoy doing, but actually at what cost? And Again, reflecting back on my sporting injuries and the health side of things, that side, it came down to me making that decision of actually, I still, I still wanted to work. You know, I love being a mum, that'll never change. But for me to feel completely fulfilled, I needed to do something else. And I remember, I remember after a night feed, I think it was about four o'clock in the morning and just thinking. I've got to, I've got to do something. And that's when I decided to retrain as a holistic therapist, having got that interest in, you know, sports massage and therapies and how that really helped me on my recovery journey, but also the importance of when we look after ourselves, that actually helps other people as well. So I never planned on turning that into a business. It was me doing something for me of something that I was Interested in learning about, but because of the the way the course was set up, I had to do various practical assessments. And those people who I was doing those sort of case studies on kept saying to me, "When can we come and see you again? When are you starting this up?" And I was like, "Oh," and that really kind of set that trigger off of going. Actually, I can do this flexibly around. but well, I only had one child at the time, um, and I could do that flexibly. I could run a business. I could do something for me that gave me that fulfilment obviously brought some money coming in It allowed me to travel back to the UK to see friends and family. But what I hadn't expected was that I became fully booked within five months. And I think using all of my experience from marketing and corporate, I kind of knew what I needed to do. And fully booked is something that I know a lot of people kind of aspire to. And, you know, I was really proud of it and really proud of doing it so quickly. But what I hadn't expected was all the other issues that come from being fully booked, you know, I'd hit that income ceiling. I actually lost the flexibility because I wanted to help as many people as I could do. And I was hugely trading time for money. I was saying yes to clients just to fit them in at all hours of the day. And I didn't have that time with my family that I wanted to. And also when I was traveling back to the UK or we were traveling on holiday, I couldn't earn any money because I wasn't there in person to be able to you know, see clients. And and that then meant that I wasn't able to help people in the ways that I wanted to. So that really got me thinking about how I could continue to grow, continue to scale. You've probably guessed by now that I'm fairly competitive and I have that drive and want to, you know, <laughs> want to succeed. And that then, yeah, sort of thinking about ideas on ways that I could help more people, but still have that flexibility, that business model that I craved. And I then set up a product business that complemented the therapies so it was a product and gifting business that helped more of my clients enabled them to you know look after themselves as well and that went from strength to strength as well and that suddenly became you know won lots of industry awards I had celebrities that were endorsing the products and that was great I loved doing that um and again that kind of hit that tipping point because people were saying well how have you done this how have you you know built up two businesses and you know you know you're doing really well with that and that then got me thinking that actually all my experience over the last 20 odd years i can help even more people and that's really when the sort of coaching and mentoring side of the mm. business came into it but what i realized is that i couldn't do couldn't do all three of those businesses because i was starting to then trade time for money again i was losing that flexibility so all of that sort of journey has then led me now into focusing much more on the the mentoring and the coaching side of things. I sold the product and gifting business about 18 months ago. um, And I'm loving what I'm doing because I'm now able to channel all of that support, all of my knowledge into helping other people grow and scale their business. And because of my sort of health knowledge and my health experiences, all the kind of ups and downs that I've experienced with burnout and you know, injury and, you know, even just that mum juggle has enabled me to really help people, as you said, what I call a multi-tiered business model, which is really about having different offerings at different price points, some of which you are um, there and present and others you're not there and present. So semi-passive, passive income streams that are available that people can buy from you, but also that scales up into, you know, whether it's memberships, subscription boxes and products. Um, or whether it's kind of group programs and one-to-one side of things. So there are so many different opportunities within whatever niche you're in. And I think that's where I get really excited because I've got the experience from product as well as service that I can really help people spot opportunities and really help them develop a business that works for them. And I'm not at all about a cookie cutter approach. You know, it depends on what people's lifestyle goals are, what their financial goals are and really helping them build a model that that works for them, because that's what it's all about. When we're running our own business, it should be fun. It should be exciting. It shouldn't have to compromise our health. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. So yeah, that's kind of where I've then created my business model that works for me, that enables me to go and do my exercise when I need to and want to, enables me to take time out with the kids and, you know, different things as well. So um, yeah, so that's I suppose a bit of a plotted history as to where I've got to now and how I'm helping people.
1: It's such a, it's a wonderful educational journey, you know, because through telling your story, you're helping us understand about the choices and about risk and opportunity and what we touched on before, choice and resilience and, and all of those things. And I think the other thing that really strikes me from what you said, and and I'm I, I do this with my clients as well, is you know, start from your strengths, start from what you're passionate about, start from what you're good at, you know, start from what the market's telling you they they really, really want, you know, that came into your story as well. Um, I absolutely love it. And the other thing that popped out was at the beginning when you were saying about there's success and there's success at any cost. And, it's whether or not we're prepared to put up with the personal costs, the sacrifices. I mean, there's people who work very, very long days, even in a corporate job, who are seen to have gone up the ladder and they're earning great money. But they may be fine if they're single. But when as soon as you have a family, you know, everything else gets squeezed. And it's about those choices, about what you want to spend your time doing. You know, I can't go and see family and friends because I'm too busy. Is that OK? And I think yeah. the other thing that's come out for me there's been a lot over COVID and we'll touch on that in a moment around, you know, reevaluating your life purpose and all of those sort of things and also around self-care because people have had more time for self-care. But I think what's popping out is more about self-management and funny it came up in a team meeting a little while ago is about in a way putting your own mask on first but also being organised and, and making decisions about what to do and what not to do you know actually understanding the there is a capacity even with a multi-tiered yeah. business model there's still gonna be capacities mm-hmm. and we talk a lot in business around consistent marketing consistent capacity building and, and the two going kind of hand in hand and it feels like you've kind of changed and swerved and gone with the opportunities built on your strengths and you've you've kind of I don't know what the right expression is, but I feel like you've carved this, this route through and you've ended up with something that works for you. And it's not, as you say, a cookie cutter that will work for everyone else. But knowing that there's this whole load of things that you can draw on, that people sometimes don't realise, and especially if they see what's going on on Facebook or whatever else, and you see, you know, businesses that are on the high street and you sort of compartmentalise particular things rather than the blend that I hear you more talking about the the different blend that you can have that makes it work for you so that's a very um elongated way of saying what you said so succinctly <laughs> but oh, yeah, it, you, it just you, touches on so many things that that I kind of help people with and it all comes down to strategy doesn't it
0: yeah it really really does I think it's um you were talking about success there and I think everyone has a different version of success but actually if we really think about what that means for each person and what it means for us, it generally is that balance between time, lifestyle, and money. And for me, that equilibrium between all three of those things, if we can get to a place, especially as business owners, we have that choice. And if we can get to that balance, then for me, that is where the success lies. And whatever anyone else is doing doesn't matter. It's about what works for you and we've all got different family setups, we've all got different lifestyle goals, we've all got different things we want to spend our money on, and all of that's okay. And I think, you know, social media is a wonderful thing for many different reasons, but it also does bring with it that comparisonitis that we see. <laughs> it also brings in that... um I suppose in some ways, it's almost that instant gratification that a lot of people expect because people focus so much on the likes or the comments and the instant, you know, response to things. But actually, if we take a step back from that and really think about what it is that we want and how we want to run our businesses, that's when you can, you know, talking about that clarity, that's when we can build that plan, that strategy to really achieve those things. And, you know, I see, especially women, I see so many of us that, apologize for wanting to be successful or they feel guilty for it and they feel this need to prioritize other people at the expense of their success and for me success is that whole rounded thing it is that balance of all those things that you enjoy doing that you want to do and if that means that you're not going to hit that you know figure as quickly as you want to that's okay if you've made that choice If your number one goal is to hit a financial target, that's also okay, but understanding what it means to get there is is what we need to look at. And I think that's where that sort of not not taking a cookie cutter approach is really key because it all comes down to what you want, how you want to live your life, what those goals look like, and not using the, the wonderful world of social media to compare ourselves. And quite often, you know, people talk about these overnight successes and people going from zero to whatever chances are there's been several years before that that have enabled them to get to that overnight success. So I think it's really just being really honest with ourselves and kind of taking that step to really get clear on what it is that you want to achieve and by when and what that means from a boundaries perspective and being really clear on that. Boundaries is something that I've really had to work hard on over the last especially year and a half whilst the kids have been homeschooled and all that kind of thing. Um, but it, it is, you've got to take care of yourself right back to what we were saying at the beginning of if we perform at our highest levels, our business will perform at its highest level. And a huge part of that is your boundaries, looking after yourself, rewarding yourself, giving those things that, that are important to you as well along that journey. And I think, you know, we all have these financial targets that we want to hit. But what about after that? Do we just increase those targets or do we take stock of that? One of the things that I love to do is have a, sometimes I do it monthly, normally do it on a quarterly basis, um, is have a check-in with myself around, you know, have I hit my financial targets? If yes, great. But what has the expense been on my lifestyle? If I need to change things, then I can do. Or if I've had a great you know, lifestyle for the last three months, has that impacted my financial goals and that's where that again that time lifestyle money side of things comes in because you've got to keep checking in with yourself to know that you are doing things in a way that works for you because we don't want to hit burnout we don't want to hit overwhelm but we do want to have success and there are so many things that we can do that don't have to be big things you know it can be little small tweaks that have the compound effect to really make those changes and to see those results that that you want to achieve
1: yeah there's a there's a word that came out there for me. We talk a lot about balance, but you use the word equilibrium. And I, I think I'm going to borrow that shamelessly because I, I think it, it paints a bit different picture than balance. Balance, I always think of yeah. those scales, which feels like two opposing forces, doesn't it? It's yes. like, you know, yeah. you can't have one without the other. And of course, you know, what we were saying at the beginning, we want it all, right? Yeah. And also metrics for measuring success. I talk about that a lot, both in terms of evaluating projects, which I do a lot of in my consulting business but also in terms of what we feel is success for, for our lives. And, and so thinking about that quarterly review for ourselves that isn't just about, you know, did I get the sales? Did I get the clients? Did I make the money? And back to that point, you said about at what cost. And I, I really like that kind of way of, of thinking about it. I think we both work in similar ways with our clients Is we start with strategy. And of course, in strategy, we talk about goals a lot you know what are the goals that we're working towards we always start with like a seven-year vision I think we touched on this when we talked before because you can be super successful in business and not end up feeling that you've got what you wanted and that's where you get to that point where you say is this it you know it's like I've worked so hard and and I've landed somewhere I actually don't want to be and so we always try and kind of plan ahead was what would success and equilibrium if you like in your life look like and work from there, and and that's where I think you you make the choices about business models. You still not, might not hit it in one go, you know. I mean, I certainly wasn't in my twenties when I had that first kind of midlife crisis of like, is this it? Sarah, let me come back to the healthy business because I really like that. I love the fact that healthy business is both the health of your business and keeping yourself healthy. So did that just kind of come to you? Because often people have real trouble finding names for their business, names for their programmes. Did it just land with you or did you have to go around in circles to find that?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot that kind of came from my, again, sporting background, but obviously working Mm. as a holistic health therapist, that actually our biggest form of wealth is our health. If we can have our health, then that enables us to make lots of choices. And I think there's You know, we talk about the sort of rubber balls and glass balls as to which ones you throw them up in the air and which ones we can allow to drop. And our health is one that we can't allow to drop because if we do let that drop, then everything else falls anyway. So I think that was a big part of it. But actually, when we look at what a business is and going back to that sort of success that we were talking about, we have to have a business that is sustainable, it has to be profitable because otherwise it is just an expensive hobby where we're just plowing lots of finances into it. We're spending a lot of time on it. And not only does that have a knock-on effect on our health, because we're feeling frustrated, it's that mindset, but also you you lead to burnout and all those, that kind of things. So I just, yeah, I kind of kept playing around with these different things that actually our lives and our business are so entwined. And especially when you're your own business owner. And one of the things that I kept coming back to was that actually it's not a life-work balance or a work-life balance it's life it's you know we are we're living our lives and our business is part of that so we need to have this kind of a holistic view of how we're running our everyday and holistic means different things to different people and that's kind of where i settled on health because actually that means a lot more to people that when our business is healthy it is profitable, it's sustainable, it runs on its own. As a CEO, we can take time out of it and it's still going to generate the income. And that's where that sort of multi-tiered business comes in is that we need to have that recurring revenue. We need to make sure that we we can take time out because and that's what the last 18 months has kind of shown to us with COVID is that if you have to take time out, whether you get sick or you're having to look after your children or if you're forced to close your doors, if you just work with people in person, then you don't have a business that's sustainable. And for me, that was a really kind of key thing that actually it's not just the bad stuff that can happen. As business owners, we want to take holidays. We want to be able to choose how and when we work. We want to be able to see our friends or you know, go for those lunches or even take time out for self-development and go on courses and all that kind of stuff. But we still need to have the money coming in. And again, that's what makes it sustainable. So it was that real mix of... For us to have that high performing business, the one that's going to get results, the one that's sustainable, it's got to be a healthy business. But for us to get there, we as the CEO need to be healthy as well. We need to perform at our best levels. We need that energy. We need, you know, to be creative. We need to be efficient with the time that we do have because there's so many things we can do as business owners. And it comes down to that intention, I think. So, yeah, so that was sort of where the, the healthy business really came from. And it's opened up a lot of conversations around mm-hmm. having that healthy business, but doing it in a way that doesn't compromise your health.
1: And I imagine it's uh, you know, empowering to people to hear you say that because it's almost like, oh, thank God, you know, I've got permission finally to take care of myself and to set yeah. you know, my boundaries and to say no to things and I really like that. I think people just aren't doing that enough. Um, obviously, working with a coach is part of that. I mean, we'll say that because we're you know, business consultants, business coaches. I think we do sometimes need that other person. Uh, if you haven't, you know, if your partner is outside of the business, they'll be looking at taking care of you as you're a family member. But they don't necessarily think about how that equates into business terms. The other thing that I wanted to touch on is just a, a reminder. We talked about this life balance, not work-life balance with Monique Wells. I did an interview with her episode 40 um, and she talked about push energy. I have another friend uh, who talks a lot about high achievers and how we're always kind of pushing ourselves. And we're also we say yes to things. You know, my mum used to say, if you want something done, ask a busy person. It's funny, isn't it? so i think all of that's very important to have almost that permission that it it makes sense and it's not selfish you know it's it's about high performing business the thing about sustainable and high performing it feels like they're sort of opposite doesn't it it's like if it's going to be sustainable it feels like you you have to sort of settle for less um so tell me a little bit about The difference if you like between growing a business and scaling a business from the sustainable business point of view what's your take yeah
0: I think it's um it goes back again to how you want to run your business but I think also being open to having people to support you you know we have we will have our own zones of genius none of us are amazing at everything none of us ever will be amazing at everything as much as we potentially want to think that And for me, it comes down to taking that CEO approach of running a business that if you can, whether it's outsourcing to different people, whether it's growing your team, you don't have to run your business on your own. And that comes across whether it's team within your business or externally from your business. One of the first things that I did was outsource my cleaning Um, because as much as I can do that myself, it's not my zone of genius. I don't particularly enjoy it. On the flip side, I quite enjoy ironing, which is a different one. But oh so and I know similar. a lot of people it's find so that nice. quite
1: interesting. <laughs> yes, Let your brain go somewhere <laughs> else, doesn't it? And you're just doing something yeah, day, exactly. like ironing.
0: I can do it on autopilot That's and it's kind good. of my thinking time. Um, but cleaning is one of those things that actually enables me to spend more time in my business or spend more time with my children. I know that I've still got a clean house and I don't see my cleaner as a luxury. I see her as part of my team. Because it enables me to focus on the things that I'm good at and it enables me to have that time back. Similarly, I have three people that work for me. Um, So I have two VAs and I have someone who edits my podcast. And I'm looking at getting someone else as well for something completely different. That for me is when you can start scaling. Yes, you can grow to a certain point, but then you will hit that tipping point where you're like, actually, I am trading time for money again, where there are so many things that I'm doing in my business which is meaning that I'm not able to work on my business and for me it goes back to you know looking at where your strengths are looking at which bits you value but also not being afraid to bring people in it's really hard and I get this um and when I first started outsourcing I found it really hard to let go of those things because it's your baby it's your business and you want to cover everything but actually If you are looking to scale your business and you are looking to help more people or have more impact, you can't do that completely on your own unless you've got people to support you. And that is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's actually a good thing because you are enabling yourself to focus on that zone of genius. You're enabling yourself, you're empowering yourself to say yes to more things that feel more aligned. Um, And I love what you were mentioning about um, boundaries and saying no to things. It's really interesting when we we feel guilty saying no, but actually saying no enables you to say yes to other things. So you, it's just thinking about that from a much broader perspective, more of that CEO approach mm. that enables you to scale and going back to what are your goals? You know, not everyone wants to scale their business. Not everyone wants to have you know lots of people working for them and that's okay too, but I think it's just, it goes back to that clarity of what your goals look like. Building that plan, then looking at how you can achieve that and getting the results that you want to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then for those that are interested in how to get started with outsourcing, I had a wonderful interview with Selena Johnson. I think it was back in episode 24 how to hire the right assistant, looking at yeah. when and where and who to hire, what order to do things in. So that's quite a practical step by step in that episode if you're looking to get a start on that. This might be a good time to talk about your free guide because, you know, to get a little bit practical as well, one minute hacks to accelerate your results sounds amazing. So it's really glad that you were able to share that with us. And I'm going to give the link at the end uh, of of our time together and it'll also be in the show notes. So uh, tell me a little bit about what that guide helps people to do. Yeah, sure. I wanted to put something together
0: that people could really take action on that could have those small little tweaks that actually can have a really big impact. Um, And we always think about results in our business just being purely financial. And what I wanted to do with this guide is actually look at those three different areas, so time, money, and lifestyle, on how we can create a successful business and really accelerate those results. So it looks at your business from a profitability, sustainability perspective, looking at how you can automate processes, some really quick things that you can do. That actually can have potentially a really big impact it also looks at how you can utilize your time better so looking at efficiencies looking at how you can become more effective looking at how you can use your time more wisely to get those results so you're focusing on the right things at the right time and it also looks at how you as a person can have more energy to do those things so it gives different ideas different tips different hacks on how you can feel more energized, how you can feel healthier, how you can nourish yourself. And there's a bit of a mix of self-care in there. Um, What I tried to make it is that it was a practical guide. It's not a preachy guide at all. It's more giving you some suggestions that you can add into your daily lives to make some small little tweaks, small little changes that, as I said, can have that compound effect to really make a difference enables you to accelerate those results. Because Working harder is not what it's all about. It's about working smarter and doing that in a way that means something to you that you can add into your daily lives. You know, if there are, there are there will be lots of things in there that you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if that's going to work for me and that's okay. I think there's, gosh, I'm trying to think how many, there's probably nearly a hundred different things in there that you can wow. try, just different things that you can test. And I'm not expecting you to do them all overnight. That's not a <laughs> all. to <what> say. <laughs> But really, and I've broken it down into sections. So if you feel like you're um, procrastinating, as an example, there's some different ideas in there to do that. If you're feeling like you need some more energy, if you feel like you could uh, make one of your products or your services more profitable. So I've broken it down into sections within those three pillars of time, money and lifestyle that you can then pick and choose which ones you can test out to then start seeing the difference. So it's there as as a practical guide rather than, feeling the overwhelm that you've got to do all of these things overnight because you absolutely don't it's about choosing the things that will actually make a difference for you and your business
1: yeah and as you said earlier the compound effect and that discipline you know there are things that don't take much discipline don't take much to implement even if you start with one or two and then you build up yeah. to a few more and they they become part of your daily or weekly habits don't they yeah when you keep repeating things that you internalize them i think it takes about two or three weeks for a new habit to form but that's the way to do it is these short little changes little tweaks that you make that actually then build up over time and and have quite an impact yeah i think that's such a, a great resource thank you very much for sharing that with our listeners so that seems like a really good place to pause sarah because we're going to pick this up in an episode that follows next week we had a lot of things to cover didn't we we thought we might (laughs) do we've gone long and deep. (laughs) i think there's so much more to dive into here and i'd really like to hear more about your leverage strategy and how that looks in your business so that we can share some insights there with our listeners so really looking forward to our continued discussion for next week Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.